what is up and welcome to the Beware the Bay podcast today. We're going to be talking about our reactions coming off a tough loss across the pond and what we can do to get better, come out different after the bye week. All that and more on today's podcast. Bucks fans, my name is Micah Frank and I am joined as always by my co-host Brandon Uncle B Ricketts. And unfortunately, we are recording right after a really tough loss to the Carolina Panthers. Played across the pond in London. Brandon, how are you doing, man? Emotional. I don't even know what the what to ask, bro. Like, how are you doing right now? Man, shoot. After the week I had, I was kind of hoping, you know, for like a better better turnout. But man, it. Man, I, I just, <laughs> I, I just like word. I. Oh. Yeah, well, you know the the um, the language that you just uh, emitted from your mouth didn't make a lot of sense, but I get it. You know, I get it on an emotional level. I really do. And um, you know, what's crazy is is uh, my one word uh, for our game was "ugh." It was word too. So I'm right there with you, man. Um, it's just one of those games that you just watch and you think, man, this is the Bucks team that I have grown up watching. That shooting ourselves in the foot not taking advantage of opportunities, um, giving up easy plays, blown coverages. I mean, we'll get into all of it, but it's the kind of thing that you thought might have been shaken out of our system with the changing in coaching staff. But it's, it's apparent that we're still we're – we're just not a great team right now. And, uh, you know, it's funny as I, I went to church today, and that's why, you know, we kind of had to uh, be creative in our, our – um, when we're recording this today, yeah, you, got, you, you, I was gonna say, you want to kind of explain like, how, like, how that went down for, yeah, like, like uh, for you, for you, for the listeners who don't understand, we go to church on Sunday, so like, this was very hard for us to kind of determine like how we were gonna do this because this was a nine thirty kickoff, so my service started at nine thirty at kickoff, and yours started at at nine, but I had an 8.30 kickoff here in Central Time. So to make matters more difficult, we're in different time zones. So what I did was I turned on the pregame and, and watched about the first, you know, 30 minutes or so um, and then went to church, kind of followed, uh, you know, a little bit of what the what was happening in the drives and, and such like that. Uh, but then you were able to get home and watch um, before I actually got home. And so both of us went back. We did watch the highlights and uh, some of those key plays. And so we have a grasp on what happened during the game, but it was really difficult <laughs> to, to understand, you know, what was happening here. You know, did this guy fumble? Whose fault was it? But I think we have things uh, pretty much nailed down on what happened during the game. Unfortunately, unfortunately, we have a grasp of what happened during this game. I know, like, do we really want to talk about this? <laughs> but we're going to no. have we're going to have to. <laughs> we, we have to. And that's the I think that's the beauty of this podcast, Brandon. As I told my wife, Abigail, I said, um, you know, I, I hate recording after a loss, but I, I kind of it helps to flush it out of the system a little bit. <laughs> so, you know, maybe I can resume my normal um, my normal life after I get done recording the podcast. But, man, this is just one of those games. And, you know, let's just kick right into it. My one word for the game was, ugh, because that's about all I could muster um, after watching. I mean, time after time, missed opportunity, missed opportunity. I mean, seven turnovers. Uh, O-line was playing like garbage the whole time. Defense, man, they got some stops when they needed to. But then again, you, you saw some of the same stuff we've been seeing throughout the entire season. At, my one word was, was ugh, because that's all I could muster. Missed opportunities, sloppy game, seven turnovers. It was bad. What about you? Um. Okay. Yeah, that's that's all I got, man. I mean, uh, after going back in, as I was on my way home, you know, I let I let Jayla drive, and yeah. I have. So, for those of you who don't know, um, I've been dealing with a kidney issue the past couple of years. I had something put in to help drain it this week, so she's been driving a lot lately. And so, literally, I'm on my phone and my other phone, and I'm like literally going over things, writing down notes, and everything. And I'm just like disgusted. I'm just like, and I'm listening to Gene, you know, go over it. Like it was halftime by the time we we're on our way home. So I'm like listening to all the stats. I'm like, this is awful. That was terrible. And it was, yeah. And you know, I'm I'm thinking to myself. I'm like, well, I kind of said it last week. I said I just don't see us actually winning this game, honestly. But you know, I hate to say that I was right, but you know, I can't. It, it's sad to say that I was right, but yeah, it just it it. 
it baffles my mind that this, uh, the way the game ended and how it went down. I mean, yeah, I kind of saw our offense, the line the, was going to deplete, but I saw a, a lot of bright spots. But there was a couple times where they let that whole right side get depleted and not put a running back, whether it was Ronald Jones or Peyton Barber, you know, pick up a block. But we'll talk about that later. Yeah. Well, and a couple of things I wanted to mention coming out of that. Number one, big props to you, man. We've been, uh, I've been praying for you, bro, about this, uh, this whole kidney issue. And this has been, I know it's an ongoing thing and it's kind of been uh, something you've been struggling with since I've known you and, and you've bat- kind of battled back from it. And I know that it can't be easy, but listen, we're all here with you and uh, supporting you and, and glad that we were able to get this podcast recorded. I know you were you know, in the hospital this week and thankfully you're, you're out and we're just, you know, hoping and praying that uh, that thing they put in will, will be successful. But Look, I got to I got to watch a lot of game film this week. OK, <laughs> As I wasn't in the best, like comfortable position, but they were giving me stuff to make me feel good. And then I was just like, all right, it gave my confidence boost up. I'm like, yeah, let's go. We got this. Let's go. <laughs> Yeah, and then you put out that uh, the picks of the week, which was a direct result of having a lot of time to do some homework on these teams, you said. So, hey, you know, I mean, uh, things work out in mysterious ways. But kind of on to the Bucks game, man. You know, I'm right there with you. I'm sitting there, and, uh, you know, by the time our, our service got out, we're into the third quarter. And, you know, I had kind of seen how the first half had gone. Uh, and then, of course, watching the highlights back, I mean, just an ugly, ugly half of football. You know, multiple interceptions, multiple turnovers, um, not taking advantage of opportunities. You know, we're down. I mean, we're down in Carolina's uh, zone on their their half of the field. And at this point, you know, I told um, the people I was with, I said, "Man, you know, we have the opportunity to go seventeen to fourteen going into half. That's a, that, that's a winnable game right there." And then, of course, you know, uh, a turnover happens and it totally swings the game. And I mean, not even just that, but then at the end of the half, I'm looking at this. I'm going, "Wait a second, were there three penalties in a row?" that uh, they don't, we almost gave Carolina another three points, gift-wrapping gift wrapping it for them. So I'm not going to lie. I was kind of into that play, though. Like It's rarely seen in the NFL nowadays, but I was really into that play. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> yeah, I, and, and I think that at the end of the day, like um, with this half of football, I, I kind of looked at it and I was like, okay, well, you, you know, halftime adjustments, halftime speeches, maybe VA can put the – fear the Lord into them and, you know, maybe they'll come out and they'll look like a different team. Um, and in some ways I was, I was impressed. I mean, I think that the defense all day did probably maybe as, as good as they could have done other than that 99 yard drive that I just really was frustrated. I mean, you have them pinned on their one and they drive down the field, but I mean, the defense, I think for the most part did a lot of good things, still some bad things, but a lot of good things, but you just can't overcome seven turnovers. You just can't do it. You can't win football games when you have that many turnovers. And so, you know, like we said, that's uh, our, our one word, one, our immediate reaction to the game. It's just a negative. I mean, it's not one of those games you enjoy watching. It's not one you even want to talk about. Uh, but, yeah, man, any other thoughts before we uh, move on to our highs and lows? <laughs> Is there really a high, man? I mean. I, listen, I've got a couple. But, I mean, any other thoughts before we move on? Nah, man. <laughs> okay. Yeah, see, it's going to be that kind of podcast. <laughs> All right, now on to the highs. Uh, like we always do, we go back and forth on highs until we run out, and then we'll go back and forth on lows until we run out. I have a feeling our lows outweigh the highs, but uh, let's just jump right in. My first high um, was, I, I, you know, and I'm going to move things around on my sheet. I think Devin White. I was really impressed. I know he had the one play where he got stiff-armed and, and pretty much manhandled by Christian McCaffrey, but I saw him uh, multiple times making tackles, a couple tackles in the backfield, um, stifling Christian McCaffrey in the run game. I was impressed. Hey, he led the team in tackles today with nine tackles. And that's an awesome game, rebounding off of that injury that's kept him uh, sidelined for these last few games. And so I was impressed with him, and I think we've got a really great linebacker for years to come in Devin White. So that's my first high from the game. What about you, man? You know what? I, yeah, I would, first punt of the game, or it might have been like the second punt of the game, um, That I was like so hyped on our – special teams Bradley Pin- Pinion going down there like pinning them down at the one yard line I was stoked about that our special teams getting down there getting that strip you know getting that fumble you know I was like all right we got you know things going so I got to give it to you know I was on to them our first our very first podcast and our special teams look like they're turning it around not all of it but looks like our punter is finally getting his accuracy and getting things pinned down where he needs to 
So that's I guess that's a high. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Uh, we're resorting to talking about our punter. You know, this is a Bucks podcast when you commiserate and you talk about how great the punter is because he's had so many opportunities. Anyway, um, <laughs> I listen. I admire the fight of this team. This is the second week in a row where we've been down really badly down, and um, it looked like we were out of a game, uh, but we did some things to be competitive. And as far as you know, today's score goes. It, it, it looked like it wasn't as competitive as it was, but I mean, the Bucks multiple times had the Panthers kind of within striking distance. And I know that that's like just a consolation prize. We didn't win the game. We didn't, we didn't take advantage of opportunities. James Winston turned the ball, ball over five times. However, I just, I just don't see this team quitting and it, maybe that's a, a step in the right direction. We need to do better during the game and not just wait till the very end to start making the kind of plays we need to and uh, uh, playing with a sense of urgency. But I was impressed with the fight of our team and that, uh, you know, we can go in there and we can score some points. We can do that. We've just got to figure out a way to do it before time runs out. Mm, Is time running out or is it already a little too late? I mean, I mean, that's, and that's, I, it's the semantics, man. That's exactly what it is. It's, it's too little too late in some ways. Uh, but a lot of teams might have rolled over, um, you know, throw in the backup quarterback if we're down three or four possessions. But I didn't see the Bucks doing that, and so who knows? Yeah, Maybe that's a- I got another high. Now that now that I'm thinking about it here, and I'm sitting here thinking about it. Jameis Winston, you kept your composure, and you were sitting here in the pocket. You, yeah, you made your mistakes, and we'll talk about that in a, in a little bit. But you had your composure, and you didn't have your best game, but you weren't throwing around, throwing a fit like a five-year-old. You were a man today, and you know what? I'll give you credit for that. That's like probably one of your mature games that I've seen you as a quarterback and as a leader on that football team. You know, I love you, Brandon. I really do, but I'm baffled by that. Really? <laughs> I get it. I get it. I, I understand. I mean, I, I watched – listen, one of my lows, uh, and I, I don't want to give it away, but was offensive line. I mean, the pocket was collapsing the whole day. You're right. He did stay in there, but – um I don't have him on a highs list, and and I I hear where you're coming from, of being composed, staying in there, making some plays. Um, but uh, you know what? I've actually got him on my low list, and I'll talk about him in just a second. Well, but, it, uh, well, and yeah. what I mean by that, and I'm not saying like his play. I'm not saying his play. I'm talking about leadership wise. Like years past, he would be like, he would be throwing his head around, you know, giving a dirty look, you know, like pointing fingers, getting in people's faces. We haven't seen much of that, Winston, in the last couple of games. And that's something that I think Bruce Arian and Brian Lefwich has definitely implemented into Jameis Winston, where he's maturing as a leader. And that's something that we wanted to see in Jameis, <coughs> excuse me, in Jameis Winston this year. Yeah, and, and you're right. That maturity, I think it has grown for sure. And, uh, you know, that's all, all you can ask for, at least from the mental game is for him to take some steps forward. Uh, but I still think the you know, it's, it's all connected, right? Like the mental game of leadership and of keeping uh, being composed is at the same time connected to the mental game of mistakes and uh, decision-making, right? And so it's, it's all kind of, you know, he has the physical traits, the skills, the talent. I mean, he's got all the tools. He's got the arm. He's got the uh, escapability. He's, he can be a great quarterback, but the one knock on him, all the way back to Florida State. I mean, this is nothing new for Bucks fans. And I and I said it, and like and I know you said it, but I said it, and we are on our first podcast. But go ahead and finish it. Yeah, I mean, it, decision making. I mean, it's it's interceptions. It's not on the onto the ball. It's it's throwing. I mean, I saw him multiple times, and this is before the Bucks were were very very far uh, back in the game. You you kind of understand when a quarterback starts taking some more chances when we're down three possessions, but this is before that, the decision-making, the windows he was throwing into, I was not impressed by it. it. Trying to squeeze it into these ridiculously small windows, and that's the kind of Jameis we saw last year. And so, listen, I've said this time and time again, is which Jameis are we going to get? Are we going to get the consistent Jameis, the game manager Jameis? Are we going to get the spectacular Jameis, the one who throws four touchdowns and only one interception? Or are we going to get the self-destructing Jameis that's a five-interception four interception, three interceptions, two couple of fumbles. I mean, it's just – it's the kind of games that we've seen him put up uh, in a stretch of playing really good. That's the baffling thing here, man, is that he'll play a couple of really great games, but it's almost 
it, it's like death and taxes. You think, okay, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming, and it's another bad game with with very questionable um, decision making. And so, um, man, I don't really know what else to say other than I. I that's the thing is like at the end, you, you look at the stat line and you're like, if you just looked at yards and uh, the receivers, you would go, man, yeah, that wasn't a terrible game. But then you look at the five interceptions, it's, man, it's, uh, it's tough to put him on a positive list when um, the, the five interceptions and a fumble that was lost can be attributed back to Jameis. Yeah. I, man, I just, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I, I just, man, I just don't know how to feel anymore, man. I like, yeah. you know, you, you, and you said it, you have two sides of Winston. You have the good side and then you have the bad side of Winston. You know, this and and we always I don't know about you, but I, I get frustrated with the national media pundits who don't follow our team, who talk bad about the Bucks and say, oh, well, they're not a consistent team. You know, they're but they're, they're, they're not but, wrong. But, you know, <laughs> well, and that's what I was about to say is, listen, I mean, I get frustrated, but they're not wrong. I mean, they they uh, we, we always get a lot of hope when we see what our what our team can do when we drop a. 55 on the uh, NFC champions uh, from last year when we put up the kinds of games defensively, we think, okay, can we pull it all together? But we've been saying this for the last couple of years. Can we put it all together? And it just hasn't happened yet. And so, you know, I think the only other high that I had would be the run defense. And again, I said it last week, it doesn't equate to wins. It's great to have a good run defense. I mean, we kept, Christian McCaffrey to 31 yards, um, an average of 1.4 yard per carry. That's great. But did it help? I mean, nope. I would say, I would say no, ultimately. Actually, you know what, you know what, oh, sorry, sorry. Yeah, fin- no, no it, I, I think it did in a way, if you take away the muff punt, we stopped them. We we're in that game still. Yeah. You know, and, yeah. they're all they were doing is trying to run out the clock. So I, was there a chance? Yeah, but that's just a glimmer of hope. That's my high hope, my, my high glimmer of hope I'm having here. And and you took the words right out of my mouth that not only – I mean, so I kind of coupled it here, run defense, and then I gave the defense kind of like a uh, an asterisk here because at times the defense made really key stops. Um, at And really towards the end, they gave the Bucks a chance to get back in it. And with that run defense – and with some of the, the stops that they were making, big plays um, that set the offense up to maybe get back in the game, the only um, caveat I have is, is where are the wins? And we're 2-4 and four right now, and we have one of the best run defenses in the league. I think, I think it has to be you, – you have to start to point the finger at the secondary and the coverage. And um, wh- when is our back of our defense going to match – the um, the production of the front of our defense. And, and at the same time, as kind of an asterisk on the defense and the run defense, I mean, it's just a consolation prize. It's like, okay, great. We have the one of the best run defenses in the league. Awesome. But we're two and four going into a bye. And right now I'm very shaky on what is going to, what, what kind of Bucks team is going to come out of the bye. And so anyway, ended it up on my high list, but it's kind of one of those like in the middle things. Do you have any other highs from this game or, or we need to talk about the lows? Oh, We'll jump on the lows, and let me talk about my my lows for Winston. And I know you have your lows for Winston, but let me talk about the lows on Winston, man. And like, and I'll I'll go to that last play, the uh, last offensive play for us. Okay, that interception, Jameis threw that ball, and Mike Evans did not even turn around like he was looking for the ball. There was no communication there on that play. Mm-hmm. There, when I say leadership, I'm talking about you know his composure and everything. This is gameplay now. Your gameplay is not up to par, brother. And no matter what you're doing, I, and to me, it seems like, he, he, you know, and I get it. And the media is making it seem like it, like he's got to play like at a five-star level, and he's got to because his defense is playing at a literally a one-star level. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's true, and the the fact of the matter is, is that in games where we've been able to get pressure on the quarterback in games, we've been able to rush the passer. Uh, it's made up for, you know, some of the, the poor secondary play 
that we've seen, and we've seen multiple weeks now it get exposed. And our, our offense really, it had to, had to be at a higher level, and yet it wasn't. And so I'm with you, man. That's that's a that's a low for sure. Um, uh, what up- were your lo- what were your lows on his? I, I, I'm curious. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I'll jump in. Um, yeah, I've got Jameis on my list. I mean, five picks and a fumble. And I kind of go through all the picks here. The first interception, I, I would say, uh, wasn't his fault. I looked back at it, and, um, you know, that it didn't look like it was his fault. The fumble uh, in Carolina's end, I think it was his fault, even though I know he, had, he got hit in the head. He held hey, on bro, to the He ball. got punched in the face. I, I that triggered I me. <laughs> I get it. I understand that. But, I mean, I still saw him hesitant and holding the ball too long. I mean, you're on that side uh, in, in Carolina's end. I mean, you got to do something with it. Throw it out of bounds for and then. I read it, and I read a tweet on on my way home that that was two fumbles back to back. He recovered the first one, and then that was Good. the second one back to back. And and I mean, we're we're gonna look at the offensive line in a minute because it this is, I think this is fifty fifty on the offensive line and on Jameis uh, this game just based on the kinds of picks that were thrown. Um, and so speaking of that, the um, the third pick, um, no no no, the second interception. Um, which is the one uh, – one of the ones that went right to Keekly. That one I saw. I don't know whether it was the first or the third, but either way, um, you know, I mean, that is an inexcusable one. I didn't see – I don't think I saw the third pick. The fourth pick was a desperation heave. I mean, again, miscommunication. The routes looked a little bit funky, and uh, the guy who was over the top came down. And so, you know, you, you like to see him not maybe squeeze it there. But, I mean, they had to push the ball down. And then, like you said, the fifth pick was just bad. I mean, it was not good communication. He chucked it up. Mike Evans didn't even turn around. I mean, why don't you turn around when you when you cross? The, the only end? reason, literally, the only reason why Mike Evans turned around was because he saw the defender looking at the ball. Yeah, that's the only reason why Mike Evans turned around. And maybe, maybe he thought the ball was not coming to him. I mean, so maybe he thought he was just taking a couple defenders to the left side of the end zone, and and Winston was going to throw it across the end zone or to the right side. But still, you got to turn around. I mean, especially when you're in that position. And you know Jameis is potentially going to throw a jump ball. Turn around. So, and then a couple other things I noticed from Winston was that he again held onto the ball too long. He showed some escapability like he always has, which is great. Um, but I still thought he held onto the ball too long. He forced into windows that were too tight. And then I wasn't impressed with his accuracy at times. And so, you know, couple all those things together into one of his worst statistical performances. He still made some really good throws, but um, you cannot turn the ball over that many times. And that could have it could have been it could have been more um, uh, turnovers than actually made the stat sheet because some of the throws that he made were just really dangerous, and there was a luck factor to it. Um, so, I mean, you look at this, this performance from Jameis and, and even though he had 400 yards, the glaring stat is five turnovers and that's frustrating. It's frustrating to, to have the quarterback whisperer come in. And, and I think some of the rhetoric that I've heard that's frustrating about Jameis from, from BA and Byron is like, no, this kid's not, he doesn't have a problem. We're not here to fix him. Like, please fix him. He has to have a problem. It's a turnover. (laughs) You've got to fix that. Like, seriously, don't just. The thing that they're telling him to do, which is keep your eyes downfield and don't run it, I, I just that's baffling to me because there's so many times where he's <laughs> an open um, field of grass in front of him, and then he tries to make a throw downfield. And, and credit to, to Jameis is he does what he's told. He has kept his eyes downfield and thrown downfield, but I don't think that's been a good idea so far. And so, you know, with Jameis, I just uh, – it's, it's up and it's down, man. I don't know if you <laughs> – do you, do you follow Bucks Nation and you see the the fan, the fan confidence in the team? Yeah. Um, if you see that graph, it just goes up and down because that's about the season that we've had. And right now, this is one of the lowest points um, because BA even said it: if you have leadership, you won't lose two in a row. Well, here we are. So that was that was my low on Jameis. Um, do you have anything on the offensive line? Um, you know what? I'm not gonna pick on the offensive line too much, and. I'm, first off, before I start picking on the offensive line, first off, shout out to Joshua some, uh, some for the birth of his child. You know, congratulations to him. He got thrown into literally a fire this week, and so his mind's racing. He did pretty well. I'm not going to say he did fantastic, but he did pretty well. But you're talking about seven sacks. <sighs> seven sacks on Jameis this week. That's rough. That's terrible. That is rough. Now, a lot of those – some of those sacks – was a bad cover 
looking like someone did not pick up a running back or a running back not picking up the right coverage on a pass or the right coverage wasn't called. Because you're talking about you have three or two guys on one side who haven't really played much this season. Mm-hmm. Literally, that's where they attacked was that right side. And you could tell. Yeah. And I'll tell you what. One thing that really ticked me off was Gerald McCoy. Listen, son. Just because you got a couple sacks this game don't mean nothing. Yep. You had a rough game this last game, and it was not the same old line you saw last or last couple weeks ago. I'll tell you what. That was driving me insane. It's it almost – Yeah, and it's the same thing we've seen from Gerald that's, that's been frustrating is it's like a, a lack of awareness sometimes. I mean, I saw a tweet that was like everybody was dialed in before the game except for one person, and it was Joe McCoy. And, um, you know, he did this, he's done the same thing when he played with the Bucks. Um, you know, it's, he's got his, his couple of sacks and, and he calls it a, a season. And then, of course, you know, he sacks Jameis. The, the reason why was because Jameis had to hold on to the ball to look down the field. And so, big whoop, you sacked him. I mean, you, we know that they're going to give up some sacks here at the end. And then he gives a little like, oh, you know, oh, wh- wh- why did you trade me thing to the sideline? I mean, it's just ridiculous. I, 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 that was stupid. That kind of makes me want to burn his jersey now. Like I kept his jersey. I have one too. I have one and too. Like it's Maybe just like Tampa. We'll have a little bit of a bonfire anyway. <laughs> um, okay, so another low from me, and you'll probably have some thoughts on this. Was I think we shot ourselves in the foot over and over and over and over again. And and the this the the little uh, line I have on on the, on my show notes is same old bucks because this is the team that we've seen, um, the kind of team that we've seen. Uh, last year and the year before and the year before that. It's a team that has tools, has talent, can move the ball, can be capable of these things, and yet is playing at such a, such a level below what they can actually play at. Seven turnovers, which, by the way, 20 points, I think we're giving up off turnovers. So if you, take, if you take the Panthers' score and subtract 20 off of it, the defense didn't have that bad of a day. Not that bad of a day. Uh, but 20 points off of turnovers, 10 penalties. I think there might have been more at the end. Uh, blown coverages. Um, man, I was I was frustrated because it seemed like if it could go wrong, it did. And, uh, man, it was just um, shooting ourselves in the feet over and over and over again. Oh, man. I, I, and I don't disagree with you. And we'll, we'll, I'll go back to that punt play in the, just before halftime. You're talking about three plays that could have cost us or three penalties that could have cost us three points, yeah. literally. And I'll give it credit to the Carolina Panthers special teams coach, man. He had that dialed in where we're going to scare you. And mm-hmm. that's what he did. He literally scared our special teams into false starts back to back to back. And it literally it, – it's we got to clean it up. Happy. Now, you know what? There was one penalty that I did not hear called back to back to back because there was one player not playing. It was a holding penalty. I maybe heard it what twice today. Yeah. And it, oh gosh, who's usually getting called for holding? Oh, that's right, Dotson. Uh, he wasn't playing. Mm. Oh. You might ha- you Make- might have to do a deep dive on all the holding calls that have been. Um, uh, been called against the Bucks this season and see how many are attributed to Dot. And, and look, it, I have I have a day off tomorrow. You know, I'm going to do some digging and look how many. I'm going to have to go back and look how many penalties on Demar Dotson have been called in the last couple seasons that he's played for us. Because literally, the penalties have got to be cleaned up. Because I remember back when the Oakland Raiders used to be the dirtiest team and they got penalized, penalized, penalized. And then it started becoming us, and we kept leading the league and leading yeah. the league. I'm just like, what is going on? It's it's getting old, and it's it's killing us in a lot of the a lot of our games. Yeah, absolutely, and uh, it kind of leads us into the audible. Do you have any other lows though before we go towards the audible? Nah, man. I mean, there, we probably could spend literally our whole podcast on a, a yeah. lot of lows, but oh, you know, bubble bubble whistling. <sighs> so bad. Come on, man. So bad. I mean, I, Stop. I saw that it was like, let's just leave Bobo in London. <laughs> <laughs> Don't be surprised if you see something happen, okay? Because I'll tell you what, that when he when he dropped the first one, he recovered. I'm like, all right, calm down. Just fair catch the next one. And he tried to do it again. I'm like, 
and he lost it. And that's when I was like, all right, it's over. It, I started it, I, I started getting my notes together for the show. I was like, I almost texted you say, hey, you want to just put the or game on mute and start recording? <laughs> I listen. I would have been. I would agree with you because that I on that play I knew there was too much momentum. I mean. We, and, and like you said, I mean, we were still in it, even at the very end. The defense made some key stops, and we had the, uh, we had the uh, ball coming to us. We were down, what, a score or two? Uh, we, were down, we were down two, sco- or two scores and two two-point two conversions. Right. And we ended up scoring a touchdown on a couple drives later, but if we had scored a touchdown on that drive, we would have only been uh, eight away from them instead of 11. Now, of course, it didn't actually matter too much because we didn't even get to, get to try, you know, for uh, a two-point conversion because you know, James threw that pig in the end zone. But, you know, I mean, time comes off the clock. There really wasn't that much of a chance at the end. It was all because of the momentum shifts over and over and over again and specifically the momentum shift. That hey, real, real quick, because I know we're fixing to go to our audible, um, I, I – I'm wa- I'm watching scores right now, and Cleveland is killing Seattle right now. I'm just throwing that in there right now before we go to our audible. But like Jesus, it's twenty to six, and it's in the second quarter. Oh man, I and that's another team that uh, confuses the the heck out of me. I'm like, what what's going on in Cleveland? Are they good? Are they not good? You know, they've been beat, beat by teams that we thought they should beat. Um, who knows, man? And they've probably got more promise right now. Um, than than we do, um, just with the momentum that they can bounce back in a game, especially against Seattle. But okay, going on to the audible, this is kind of coming off of something that you said. It's connected to it, cleaning up some things. I would love to see change. So our audible, like like we've said in, in weeks past, is just something that we want to see changed uh, from this week to the next week we play. And we play uh, in two weeks. We play Tennessee. We have a bye week next week. Uh, but thank God. Uh, Oh, I know, I know, for real. This could not have come at a better time. Just reset and try to um, get our season back on track. But the audible that I would like to see is more discipline and for B.A. to give them a piece of his mind. I think this is the time where you have to go in and you have to rip the team. You have to tell them that they are ruining their chances. I mean, this is not the time for the kind of pats on the back and encouragement. B.A. has to light a fire under them and tell them, listen, We've got people that want to trade for <laughs> for anybody on, and and if you want to be a Buccaneer, you got to prove it. And we need to come back, and we need to show the world that we're not going to just get run over this season. We've got too much talent to waste it this season. And so I think that if, if BA is kind of <laughs> excuse me that I that I think he is, he will light a fire under the Bucks, um, and hopefully we'll see a different team come out of the bye week and and a different, more disciplined team, a team that can that won't shoot themselves in the foot. Time and time out, um, turnovers and penalties and missed opportunities. You know, if we're going to – and here's the thing. I told somebody at church today, like I said, filled with Saints fans, and I talked to a lot of trash last week. I got a lot of uh, flack for it uh, coming in today with a Bucks hat. But I told him, I said, listen, the Saints are just a good team. And, and I'll tell you guys, you lis- listeners, and, and this is, you know, me and Brandon have talked about this, the Bucks are just not a good team right now. They just aren't. They're a bad football team. And um, hopefully we can begin to take some steps to become a good football team. Starts with coaching, starts with leadership. And so my audible is I would love to see us be more disciplined and for BA to light a fire under this team. Man, I would, I would agree like wholeheartedly on that. And here's the problem with, with this, these London games. And I, and I hate these London games. I know the players probably do too. Because you automatically get your bye week. Now, granted, a lot of our bye weeks the past couple of seasons have been week four or week one two years ago when that hurricane came through. But mm-hmm. it's been early bye weeks. This is the first time we've had a bye week kind of like in the middle of our season in a long time. And I think it, it might be beneficial for everyone. But you're right. This They got a long flight home tonight. They come in Monday, look at the game field, and then they're gone for a week. So I hope BA can go in there and start pounding some words into them, man, because they're going to be gone for a week. And when they come back, JPP comes back too, I hope. And what? That's week eight, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, week eight. So JPP's supposed to be coming back around that time. Um, so you're right. So, uh, my art, my audible. Uh, let's see. My Spidey Two Y Banana Monkey. <laughs> um, sorry, I've been trying to come up with things all week, and it was just it was horrible. Um. 
<laughs> You've got a bye week next week, so uh, we'll expect something better, okay? Are we doing a show next week? What are we doing? Are, are we going to tra- take a vacation? We, we need to take a vacation from this Bucks team. Oh, that's right. You said you were traveling, right? right? Yes, I am traveling. Uh, but we'll, we'll be posting up to Twitter and to Instagram all week with content, uh, whether it's uh, NFL-related or Bucks-related. So, so stay tuned at Beware the Bay on Instagram and Beware the Bay on Twitter. All right. Nice plug. That's plenty. I like it. All right. So my audible is going to be um I, something that's been bothering me about our defense is we're playing behind the receivers. Mm-hmm. They're not pressing or playing man, like right on the receivers. I get the leagues change. Get in front of them. For the love of ugh, get in front of them. There is literally every play. There is like a guy five yards away from every Carolina Panther. Like, there was a white jer- jersey and four red jerseys around the player, ten yards away from him. Yeah, play in front of them. You Love are it. just as as athletic as they are. You can mm-hmm. jump. You can stretch. Ugh. Yeah, and listen, I'm with you, and I think the this is my the one of the big takeaways is is, is how similar has a lot of our secondary looked to our time with Mike, uh, Mike Smith as our defensive coordinator. I mean, it's been frustrating because I know that we have a better coordinator, um, but hopefully they can realize some of this. And, and, and again, like I said earlier, it's, I think part of it's attributed to our pressure. We're not being able to get as much pressure on the quarterback, and so our secondary is more exposed. However, you're right. I mean, I would rather them get burnt a few times playing man than to give up uh, everything over the middle. Every, I mean, and you're, you're so bad. I saw the Olsen. It was like – is was anybody guarding this guy? There's no one around him, and so, man, I'm right there with you, bro. Yeah, man. All right, so let's go ahead and get um get into the previews for two weeks from now because we're obviously you're traveling. Um, so let's get into our preview for tennis or the Tennessee game. And we're still on the road. We're going up to Nashville. Going going down to uh, what 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 do they have out there in Nashville? They got they 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 got they got music. They got that. Ooh, they got that Elvis. Yeah, I'll take it. I'll take it for much. Yeah, we, we're going out to Nashville. Oh, I like that. Oh, I like it. I like it. I like it. I like it a lot. All right. Yeah, Um. so let's get let's get into it, man. Are you ready? Are you ready for that? Let's get into it. I'm ready, bro. Let's, you got a lot of energy, man. I'm going to let you go first. Oh, man. All right. So, since right, you know what? Get, go, let's go back to our quarterback situation, man. Since entering the league in 2015, both Winston and Mariota do not have a winning record. <laughs> their winning per- or Winston's winning percentage at the beginning of um, this is pre- at the beginning of the se- at the beginning mm-hmm. of the season um and this was found on Bucks report um I missed who wrote this but it was on Bucks report and it was at the beginning of the season but Winston only has a 39% winning percentage and Mariota only has a 49% almost 50 but it's still under 500 mm-hmm and to me, it kind of blew my mind. But this season, and Jesus, you might as well just add the extra, what, seven turnovers today from him? Five extra, so ten now. I had five when I wrote this note yesterday. This season, Jameis has ten turnovers now. Mariota has none. That's crazy. What's your first um, note What's your first note for, uh, for this uh, game? Or you want me to continue well, on? Well, yeah, yeah, no, no, no. I'll, I'll jump in here, and you, we can just go back and forth, and, and let's make this a quick uh, preview because we got to start wrapping things up. But, hey, listen, I think the reason why we've seen zero turnovers from Mariota is because he has not been very sensational this season. And I think one of the things I wrote was, who are the Titans? Because they've been anything but consistent this year. Um, they've had some highs and they've had some lows. And if you look at the discrepancy between performances in each of the games, I mean, it's it's pretty it's pretty crazy to look at how different the performances have been. Game one, they beat the Browns 43-13. Mariota has three touchdowns, and their defense forces Baker into three interceptions. Okay. But game two, they lose to the Colts 19-17. Their offense couldn't get going. They had one passing TD, not much else. Game three, they come back. They lose to the Jacks. Mariota has 300 yards, but no touchdowns. And again, offense struggles. Defense couldn't do enough to off- offset the offensive struggles. Game four, they beat the Falcons. Big whoop. Offense clicked 100 yards on the ground for Henry. Three passing TDs for Mariota. And the defense holds Matt Ryan to no TDs. But then game five, they lose to the Bills, who are suddenly 4-1 and one on the season. 
but the Bills only put up 14 points. Um, and the Titans uh, offense couldn't get going again, couldn't even challenge them, and ended the day with one touchdown. And again, another game of the season where Mariota doesn't notch a single touchdown. And so, you know, you're looking at this and going, yeah, Mariota doesn't have any um, turnovers, but up until this game, the Tennessee Titans and the Bucks have the same record. And so, you know, if, you, if you're looking at their team, ultimately their strength is not Mariota. And uh, for the Bucks, you know, we kind of live and die by Jameis. The, the Titans, not so much with their quarterback. Their, their strength is their defense. They, and they've had um, a relatively easy schedule this year, but they've, uh, they've made the most of it uh, defensively. You know, it's been uh, absolutely incredible to, to watch. Their defense has only been giving up 15.5 points a game and 258 uh, yards uh, per game. So that's 76 total points over five games. So they're, they're really not relying too much on Mariota to make things happen. They're, they're relying on their defense. And so, you know, the numbers with Winston and Mariota, I think it's an interesting comparison, but at the end of the day, the Bucks are living and dying by Winston um, and the Titans are living and dying by their defense. And, you know, you know, Bucks fans, we're, when we're talking about this, the Titans haven't even played yet. And I believe I have – no, I don't have them winning. I have them losing to Broncos today. They play at four today, so they're still not even playing yet. So we're, we have no idea what to expect. This should be out, and you should be listening to it while you're watching games this afternoon. But regardless, you know, and I agree. Like, they could e- – the Titans could easily be zero – or 0-5 right now. Mm-hmm. Easily. Mariota or um, Baker, Bayfield, or Baker Mayfield could have gotten it together down there in the dog pound easily. Oh and one at the beginning could have lost to or could have lost to Atlanta, but now we sit in the bottom cellar with Atlanta too, so I can't talk much crap there because I put down brown paper bag of shame and I'm gonna have to start wearing one myself. But regardless, you know, and you, you know, it's. I just, I just don't know what to expect anymore from us because you're talking about you know the Tennessee Titans are kind of just like the Bucks of the AFC. They really are. You, they have their games and then they don't have their games. Exactly, and that it it, it makes it an interesting um, thing, uh, prospect to predict what the score is going to be of our matchup too, especially after what we saw here in our game. Um, oh, I, well, it's just. So, um, I'm just saying, you know, I don't like saying that I'm right, but, you know, I was right that the Panthers were going to win. I just don't like being proud of it. I don't like being proud of it, brother. Sorry. You you were right, and checking in on our predictions from last week, um, I was very wrong. I had the Bucs winning 24-14. You had the Panthers winning 23-17. You got the dub this week for the prediction. Um, But, uh, I mean, it really is interesting because – I had to go in and change my prediction for this Titans game because the Bucks have not shown me that they're capable of repeating uh, an offensive performance, you know, like LA. I don't know when that's going to happen. I think it will at some point. I think 40, we will score 40 at some point, 30 something at some point, but I just don't know if this is the game, especially against the Titans. And so my prediction for uh, the Bucks and Titans game after the bye is that the Bucks win 21, 20. It's going to be a nail biter. It's going to come down to the very end, but I think the Bucks pull it out. I, I just think we have enough pieces on our offense that we can get it together. Uh, we can get Chris Godwin and Mike Evans involved um, and these tight ends that we have. We can unleash Rojo. Um, the Titans defense is stout, so I don't think we'll score a lot of but I think we'll score enough um, to, uh, to win the game. And I know that this is three predictions for me for the Bucks to win uh, in a row, but I got to just be honest here is that the, the last game might have been a little bit, you know, this Panthers game, I might have been a little bit of a homer, a little bit of too positive. But this is this is a very realistic for me, a very realistic uh, prediction based on the Titans defense and our offensive struggles. So you know, what? and I'm surprised you changed your your I, when I saw you changed it, it kind of baffled me a minute because I I really think this week we're going to come out and we're going to come out clobbering. But. We're going to be clobbering on offense. We're not going to be clobbering on defense. I still think we're going to have our defensive struggle. I still see us putting up maybe 34 points. And the Titans, they're obviously going to score. You know, Mariota's still a good quarterback, mm-hmm. putting up 28 points. But I have us winning 34-28. 
Awesome. Well, we'll check back in on those after um, our bye week. And yeah, and you get, look out for like sometime in the middle of the week. I'll post. Or I'll I'll have my upset of the week posted. Um, this week I had the Jets and the Dallas or what, Jets Cow- Cowboys. Jets upsetting the yep. Cowboys. Yep, yep. I had that, and then I also yep. posted all my picks of the week. So keep a look out for that. Um, love so your input both, on it. Yeah, absolutely. And we both posted our um, our breakout player of the game. I, I you think- didn't you didn't talk about him, and I'm surprised because he had a better play than or better day than my player did. And and I wasn't you know I didn't want to bring up bring up too much, uh, but. Ultimately, I mean, looking at the receiving yards here, brother, it actually looks like um, you edged me out, man. Um, with Cameron Brait, he had two receptions and 47 yards and I believe a touchdown. O.J. Howard, only two receptions and 35 yards. And so I think uh, I'm going to give you the dub on this. So we throughout the week, uh, we, we did our uh, breakout player of the game, and both of us picked our the, uh, the either tight end. And, and I would say, uh, Brandon, you took this one this week. Man, I'm, I'm, I'm on a winning record. I wish the Bucks were. Yeah, me too. Okay, so hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna call a little audible here. Uh, let's instead of talking about our favorite Bucks content, let's just talk about our notable news from around the league, and then we'll okay. call it a day. Sound good? Uh, yes, man, sounds good. Um, I I'm gonna let you start with yours because you had some interesting ones, and then because well, I I really want to hear what you have to say before I because I want to jump in on like a couple or on one of them at least for yeah. sure. For sure, and I know that this is gonna be an interesting. I pick it because um, I, it's just interesting to me. So uh, Colin Kaepernick, um, man, everybody's got their own opinion on the guy. I thought he was a really good quarterback. I thought he had some, you know, some uh, deficiencies in his game, but every quarterback does. Um, but I thought, by and large, I mean, he could be a starter in the NFL. Of course, he had the controversy surrounding the standing versus kneeling during the anthem, and we're not going to get into that. But um, he hasn't been in the league in a while, a couple of years now. And his his agents just recently – put out this kind of sheet of um, setting the record straight. It was such a weird thing to see throughout the week. Uh, and basically I'll just kind of cover some of the basis of what he put out. Basically his agent said that the, um, the former 49ers quarterback can still be employed by the team after filing a grievance against the NFL. And uh, he said, they said there hasn't been a single team to offer Kaepernick a job or a workout since he started protesting. Uh, the Seahawks brought Kaepernick in, but didn't work him out. Uh, uh, further, Kaepernick hasn't demanded a specific salary. We heard that coming out as well, uh, but they tried to set the record straight there. And then they also said that the quarterback still wants to play, and he's been working out on his own uh, five days a week for three years. And then, um, you know, basically the last thing is is that Kaepernick opted out of his contract with the 49ers because the GM, John Lynch, uh, Buccaneer great, told the quarterback that they were going to cut him and that he wanted to maximize the potential employment opportunities for Kaepernick. So very, very weird um, facts sheet to come out in the middle of the week, a name that you don't hear much anymore, Colin Kaepernick. Um, I still think the guy can play uh, for an NFL team. That's the question. Is there a team in the NFL that's going to take a chance? Because it's, it's similar to Tebow in that there's a lot of additional um, media attention that's being paid to these quarterbacks it's not necessarily about the team. You so know, you yeah, you know, uh, this was actually one of them, and I'm gonna jump into mine like right after it because it kind of goes mm-hmm. to what what you're saying. Honestly, I don't think he was like a great starter, but he could have been like a great backup quarterback. Hence, you know what's been going on in the league, and I'll talk about it in a second. But to me, you going back to 2012 and that Super Bowl against the Ravens 49ers, they put Alex Smith in starting in that in that uh, playoff game. Mm-hmm. There's a chance the 49ers could have won that Super Bowl. There's a really good chance. I really don't see you – know, yeah, you know, but then all this anthem protest started and all this kind of stuff, yada, 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 whatever. I'm not getting into it. I, I'm i not going to share my beliefs on it. it I, whatever. It is what it is. But to me, I feel like that what his agent is doing is saying, hey, look, we are doing everything by the book. Mm-hmm. The league has yet to come out with anything saying, hey, well, you're right. We haven't worked him out yet. But when he went to the Seahawks, that's an interview. To me, that's basically saying, hey, we brought him in for an interview. To me, that's going in asking for a job. You're yeah. going in getting a job interview. Yeah. You're not going to get it. You know, They don't have to hire you. That's true. You know, 
So to me, I don't, I don't see that. Now, what's going on in the league? Shoot, since the beginning of the league, we have eight, eight backup quarterbacks starting in this league, and I could be wrong. Oh, I missed one because I forgot Mason Rudolph was out with a concussion. I forgot who their backup quarterback is in Pittsburgh now, but eight of them. Teddy Bridgewater, Daniel Jones, Josh Rosen, Chase Daniels, Trevor Simeon, Kyle Allen, Mason Rudolph, and uh, Garter Minshew in Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. That's eight backup quarterbacks. Two of those names, I would probably plug Ka- Colin Kaepernick in over that person. I'm not yeah. naming names, but yeah. I would plug him in at a heartbeat over that player. Mm-hmm. Okay? To me, I don't know if it's something that he's done that we don't know about mm-hmm. or if the owners and Goodell don't want to deal with it. I don't know. You know, it's just something that to me, we all know how players stand on this and, you know, they've come out and done different things throughout the league to try to say, Hey, you know, we're with both sides, you know, we're not going to be against it nor, you know, nor for it. But to me, it's, I don't know, man. This, this, the whole Colin Kaepernick thing is just, just the whole mess, man. I, I and don't know. and can I uh, jump in that I think that potentially, uh, from me, from my vantage point, what seems like it has happened is is it's kind of the uh, Tim Tebow effect. It's just a different <laughs> version. And of course, I would say I'd say Colin Kaepernick is is more talented than Tebow was at the quarterback position. Oh, for but sure. It's, no, it, but for it's sure. the me- it's the media thing. I think it's the it, it's something different than football that's being associated with the player and talked about instead of the team. And I don't know that a lot of teams want that kind of attention. I'm not saying that's good or bad. I'm just saying that's why I think that the situation is what it is for Colin Kaepernick. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. All right, man. Uh, then I'll go ahead and go to my last mm-hmm. notable news, or like mm-hmm. my notable, my last notable news. Um, Kraft was hopeful, and this kind of goes with like <laughs> what the Kaepernick situation. I don't see Gronk made his, you know, television debut of like kind of <laughs> color, you know, color analyst on uh, Fox uh, yeah. Thursday, Thursday Night Football. It was hilarious. It was so I, funny. <laughs> I wish, I wish I could have been there to watch that. Like Gronk has become like my like person that I want to be called on camera. Like he is energetic, like slam him through a table and he will get up and do it again. Yeah. Like, like I was so pumped just to watch that. Like I was mm-hmm. done for the rest of the night. Like I, I literally had my surgery that night and I was mm-hmm. watching that Thursday night football game. I'm just like, dude, I'm pumped. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> so my favorite, like, my favorite part of that was when he was talking about Edelman and all the different part, parts of, of his game. And then he said, he's like a squirrel. And then that wasn't even the thing that that wasn't even the grand window. <laughs> he just threw it in there. He's like a squirrel, and he kept talking about it. It was fantastic. Oh man, I and it's just he's making it personal, and it's 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 awesome, man. And yeah. I just you know I unfortunately Kraft, I don't see him coming back. Mm-hmm. I think Gronk is going to be find his new face on television mm-hmm. and he's going to enjoy it because honestly, Pat McAfee has done it on Thursday Night Football in the college mm-hmm. and. If if you watch a Thursday night football game with Pat McAfee calling it, that's that's a heck of a game, man. Like he calls that game and he's a punter and he's yeah. talking football. It's entertaining. Yeah. For entertaining. Sure. I wish the league would go to more of more of that kind of kind of stuff. All yeah. right, that's all I have. What about you? You have one more and I want you to touch on it. Yeah, for sure. And and uh, as far as Pat McAfee, I mean, he is he's hilarious. He's inter- entertaining, and I think that's those are the kind of people that you want to be calling these games. So I'm right there with you. Um, okay, yeah. My last thing was this Baker versus Sherman beef. Baker Mayfield uh, versus um, uh, Sherman, the um, cornerback for the 49ers. As you know, uh, the 49ers won uh, against the the Browns this past week, and basically Sherman came out and said that that Baker didn't shake his hand before the game and that motivated him them to win the game. But then the crazy thing is the video came out and it showed that they did shake hands. So then Sherman clarified and he was like, Oh no, 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 no. Oh, sorry. It was his decision to, to just run away right after the coin toss, just to dart off. That's what I was talking about. 
And and now he says that Baker deserves an apology for all this stuff. And I'm just like, what is going on? I mean, it just seems like someone who, you know, Sherman is was just grasping at straws to try to come up with something, well, a so, story. Okay, so let let me stop you there before because you're gonna dig yourself into the hole, and I don't think you're gonna get yourself out of it. So after all that went down after the game and everything, Twitter was lighting up. Well, Pat. Pat McAfee posted something on Twitter saying, "Hey, but what's going on?" And they or dab they started calling it Dabgate. It was hilarious, and I listen to the Pat McAfee show podcast all the time. It's hilarious. These guys are these guys are what made me want to do a podcast. Mm-hmm. Anyways, they they were talking about it, and he sent out a tweet saying, "Hey, come on the show." So he on Tuesday he came onto the show, and I got to listen to it live, and it was so. Un, like I think it was misunderstood media wise mm. when when it came out. If you gotta go back and listen to it, if you guys go mm-hmm. listen to the Pat McAfee Show 2.0 on the podcast, I think it's on Apple or Spotify, one of the two. But you go li- back and listen to it. He does the interview with um, Richard Sherman Pat er, er, and Pat McAfee. Thank you. And it's an interesting conversation where he goes and he says, you know. He goes and hugs every other player but me. He kind of just gives me a tap on the hand and goes about giving other players hugs. He felt disrespected there. And I get it. You know, you're at that point, coin toss, it's a ritual. You know, you go around, you give everyone a hug. You know, you're, you're kind of like saying good luck. You know, when I was playing football, that's what we did. You know, you'd walk up, give everyone a hug. You know, sometimes you see old friends from old schools that you used to go to, things like that. So it's almost something like that. And that's what he – that's how he felt. Now, he, when I first said it, he's like, oh, I didn't get a handshake. He got a tap on the hand, you know, a little something like that. But he felt like it was disrespect. Did he give him an rep- apology? He said he was going to reach out, like call him or something like that. That's what he said in the interview. I don't know if he's ever actually did it. But that's what he said. So to me, I think that was kind of like a big media blow up. And mm-hmm. then I was just like, hey, this is what I felt like. Kind of wish – Pat McAfee will go and go talk to Baker Mayfield, Mayfield now yeah. and see his side of the <laughs> story. Side. Okay, well, okay, I got to jump in here. I hear you, you know, wanting to cover the bases here, but I still think it's ridiculous. <laughs> I think the whole stinking thing is just stupid. <laughs> I mean, you – I mean, you go up, it's their opposing team. You don't have to be buddy-buddy with everyone. I understand uh, potentially feeling disrespected, but at the end of the day, they're both competitors. He's the quarterback. Your job is to to pick off the quarterback, make the quarterback uncomfortable to best the quarterback. So what? He doesn't come up and give you, dap you up, man. Just whatever, man. Play football. That's the – I mean, and, and that's a – it opens it up to a broader conversation of, you know, athletes – in this day and i've heard a lot of older athletes talk about this they say man we hated this person we despised this person we had these rivalries and then you see a lot of these teams you know well after the game they'll come up to the other opposing team and it seems like they've never even played a football game you know where they'll hug and they'll switch switch jerseys i'm not saying it's a bad thing i'm not gonna lie i I love this jersey swap thing i kind of I kind of wish they still did it like back in the, back then. Yeah, and and I think the 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 conversation is just what is what's the the emotion and the mental game of these competitors? Is it I want to you know kind of destroy this other person and win the game, or is it hey we're just competing and these are still friends? I don't know. And in some ways, I understand that and I get that you know it is just a game, but at the and the other part of me is like, no, man, I want these guys to just be bloodthirsty and to have these rivalries and to be frustrated and mad at the other team. I want our team to go out to Gerald McCoy to to push him on his butt because of, of everything that's happened. That's kind of like the fan in me is it looks at this and I go, something's just not right here. But I also understand, you know, they're, they're people, they're humans, they've got families and everything. So, yeah, you're probably right. It's probably the media blew it out of proportion. But at the same time, I still think it's stupid and uh, that it should have never happened. So, all right, hey, man. Listen, so, we are, yeah, I was going to say, we uh, need to wrap this up, man. You know, like, I got my kids, like, they're trying to, like, break in here, like, into my little studio bedroom that I have set up. <laughs> so, like, um, any last minute thoughts before we go on to our little vacation and we join everyone after the Tennessee game next week? Yeah, I, I would I would say my final thoughts is uh, we need to see a different Bucks team come out of the bye. It has to be different. It can't be the same. Can't be the same schemes that we're calling on defense. Got to have more toughness. Got to have more discipline. Ba's got to lead this team. I mean, whatever that looks like, whether it's uh, his decisions on play calling, 
um, you know, the, kind of the ownership of those areas. I don't care what it is. I just want to see a different team uh, play this football game against the, uh, the Tennessee Titans. That's my final thought, man. Thank you again to all the fans who listened. And we'll keep some content pumping out over the break. Uh, we just won't have a podcast. But enjoy your day off of uh, Buccaneers – uh, uh, stress. Whether oh. we win or lose, it seems like it's stressful. So enjoy a little bit of a rest. Do you want to throw in the phone number um, so they can leave? Yes, a post- yes, yes, yes. Yes, I was just going to thank you for reminding me. So let me pull it up here. Um, so we have set up an email and a phone number that you can call into. The email is beware the bay podcast at gmail.com. Beware the bay podcast at gmail.com. And then our phone number that you can leave a voicemail is 504 270 one seven two five five oh four two seven zero one seven two five leave us a voicemail or an email we'll try to work it into the show yeah man all right i think that's good i think that's gonna wrap it up guys let's fire the cannons let's enjoy the week off and we'll see you guys in two weeks after the tennessee game go bucks <laughs>